You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, ma. Anything's possible. Rainy days. Jump shot fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. Especially when the season get hectic. I stay waiting on it like receiving a Nets pick. Nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth you might even hear a story on Gigi. So in depth they might do an hour about the D-League. So in depth you probably should pay him but it's a freebie. Yeah, John Corrales and J. King. Locked on trying to get the 18th ring. So you can miss me with the blah blah. No more Geno time. We watching Jay do the Zaza. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast with the Rain and Jays. Today, it's me, your boy, Jay King from MassLive.com, here with Sam Jam Packard, the great, here to talk about Jason Tatum, probable opening night starter against LeBron James and the Cavaliers, which Brad Stevens revealed or at least hinted, strongly hinted at after Sunday's practice. We got some Marcus Morris injury news to discuss and some Celtics-Cavs talk because the opener, by the time you listen to this, will only be one day away. Real basketball is coming. LeBron versus Kyrie is coming. Cleveland, Boston, the rematch is coming. Jay Crowder is coming. I think Sam just cracked a beer. But now he's got to react to Jason Tatum in the starting lineup. I did just crack a beer um, <laughs> because it's uh, Rain and Jay's time. And I'm not too surprised given the injury news on Marcus Morris. I think eventually Mar- um, Morris will end up being the, the, the traditional starter. But if he's not ready to go, uh, it makes sense that Jason Tatum is going to be in the lineup it, uh, with Jalen Brown. I think that that lineup makes a lot of sense. Um, for the Celtics, just because it for the versatility of being able to switch basically anything two through four with Brown, Hayward, and Tatum, I think that makes them very long defensively. I think so; it might be their best defensive lineup, and I think it takes a little bit of the pressure off of Jason Tatum in terms of his need to score because they're in that lineup. He's not going to be looked to as a go-to guy, so I think it it makes a lot of sense, and it's a kind of a good way for him to. Um, kind of ease his way into NBA basketball. The question is... Ease his way into NBA basketball? He's playing against LeBron James and the Cavaliers on opening night, the first game of the entire NBA season. That's not easing his way in, Sam. Yeah, but he's doing it with uh, three perennial all-stars and uh, Jalen Brown by his side. It's not like he's having to lead his own team or like lead the second unit. It feels like... He's playing with a lot of talented basketball players. I understand it's uh, the adjustment to the NBA is going to be difficult, but it it just feels like it makes a lot of sense. Just to he's not the focal point. He can just kind of learn and get better when when playing with better players. It feels like last year with, when Jalen Brown was on the court with the starters, we saw him play a lot better. So why not put? Um, it's like the best learning environment. The best way for Jason Tatum to improve is to play with the better player on the Celtics. And so I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, just from that perspective. Yeah, I, I, I think especially once Morris went down, the Celtics, like, you have to play skilled. You have to play smaller against this Cavaliers team. They're going to start Kevin Love at center. They're going to start Jay Crowder at power forward. They're going to have LeBron at small forward. Like, you can't guard 
those guys with a traditional lineup. You can't have Aaron Baines out there because he's going to get stretched to death. Um, so you need to go small. You need to go skilled. And I, I think Tatum is who the Celtics will start as long as Marcus Morris is out. Is that the, uh, the best for Tatum? Probably, like you said, I, I think it it will allow him to just... Oh, it makes it easier for him to start NBA basketball, like I was saying, Jay? I, I, let me speak here. Let me speak here. <laughs> I, I also think a team like Cleveland will... I don't want to say expose him, but will test him in a lot of ways physically that he hasn't been tested yet. Like, okay, let's say he's on Jay Crowder. Well, Crowder's very physical. Crowder's strong. Crowder's aggressive. Let's say he switches over to LeBron James. That's the greatest player of this generation. Let's say he switches over to Kevin Love. Well, there's Kevin Love in the post abusing this skinny 19-year-old. So I, I think... I think it could be an issue for the Celtics starting lineup against great teams. I, I don't think a lot of, of mediocre teams will be able to punish Tatum for being skinny, for being young, for not totally knowing the game of basketball yet. But the Cavaliers are one team that can do that because they're so deep and because they're so strong and because they have all this talent in the front court. Like that, that is a brutally tough matchup for game one. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how long Tatum survives out there just because Brad Stevens don't play. If he messes up on defense like he's going, at least I expect him to uh, take Tatum out of the game. It's going to be interesting because I, I do like Tatum in that four spot from an offense perspective. I think if people are closing out on him, he's do, he has like the very good ability to drive closeouts against um, – Kind of like I, I don't think Kevin Love can guard him on the post or on the perimeter. So I do think he has an opportunity if the ball swings his way to create a lot of offense. But you're right on the defensive end, especially defensive rebounding. I think it might be a problem, but I wouldn't be surprised if kind of Marcus Smart coming in the game for him is the immediate uh, first sub. But uh, that brings the other point, which I think is interesting uh, from Stevens talking today is that it seems like Jalen Brown is the official starting shooting guard because there's no injuries on the Marcus Smart front. What was your reaction to Marcus coming off the bench? I know earlier in the preseason he asked to come off the bench, um, so it may not come as that much of a surprise, but now it seems official. I wouldn't be surprised if the whole starting lineup is kind of fluid. Um, I think right now there's no reason to start Marcus Smart. He was great with Terry Rozier in bench units during the preseason. He looked Awesome as skinny Marcus Smart coming in, changing the game, impacting things. Jalen Brown was was good enough with the starters. The starting lineup uh, with Tatum and Brown in it was was great, especially in that preseason finale when all the stars played and the Celtics' first unit was just fantastic. Um, so there's no need yet to change things. I want to see what happens if the Celtics struggle to get stops or struggle to score with the second unit because they don't have much shooting or whatever the case. I, I, I'm interested to see how, how long Steven sticks with this, whether this first unit will actually be the first unit that makes sense. Because right now, like from the four preseason games of data that we've seen, yes, I think it makes sense. But, but there's a lot that Stevens has to figure out about this team. There's a lot that he needs to, to learn and, I, I, like I, you're starting a 19 year old and a 20 year old 
in a game against the defending Eastern Conference champions, against LeBron James. Like, Jalen Brown might start on LeBron James. Jason Tatum will certainly switch on to LeBron James at times. Like, it, it, it's kind of crazy when you think about how the Celtics have will be starting. Like, basically two kids and three stars. It's it's just a it's a it's a wild mix that they put together because most of the time when you have three all-star types, they're surrounded by veterans who are ring chasing and whatever, and because of the Celtics very very unique situation, instead you've got the last two number 3 overall picks alongside those guys. So, I think the Celtics like it their starting lineup could be really versatile, really good, but there's there are drawbacks to starting two guys that young. Yeah, I think they're just they're hoping that the will of the and the the greatness of the three stars will kind of overtake that. But you're right, it's it's wild that it's even Jalen Brown has even uh, gotten to this point, considering he only played around like 18 minutes a game last year, and now he's thrust into this major role. Um, but. I don't know. Do we know yet if LeBron is actually going to play in this game? Weren't there rumblings that he is hurt? He hasn't played in the preseason yet. Yeah, Jay King, you're a newsman. Tell me the I'm, tell me the news. I'm I'm just like anyone else. I'm gonna assume LeBron is playing in this game until he doesn't play in this game. Like this is this is playing against Kyrie. It's playing against the Boston Celtics. It's playing on opening night. Like, come on, this is LeBron. It's a sprained ankle. This is the most invincible person of this generation. If he doesn't play, I will be stunned. And so I'm just kind of assuming he will play until we don't see him suited up. That's the only way I'll believe he's not playing. That's it. Well, what's going to be the Cavs' uh, projected starting lineup? Uh, I mean, if he plays, it'll be Rose, D. Wade, LeBron, Crowder, and Love. And by the way, their backcourt is going to be terrible defensively. It's going to be really bad. Derrick Rose and Dwayne Wade are just awful defenders at this point. Do you expect Kyrie to score 40 points or 50 points after he boos are rained down <laughs> upon him? I, I'm interested to see his mindset toward the game. Is he Because throughout the preseason, he was totally invested into the team mindset, right? Like trying to lift guys up, looking for assists, not being like iso Kyrie very often will he revert back to that will he try to get 60 because he's playing LeBron because he's playing Cleveland because it's opening night and everybody's watching and he wants to prove to the world that he can still do amazing things I I don't know I'm I'm very interested to see what happens in that game because we, we've seen what happens when there's no pressure and it's preseason and results don't matter. And he was totally, totally into making the team play and making t- playing team basketball. But now, like, if, if shit, if, if I were him, I, I might, I might go try to get fifty or sixty. And he's certainly capable of, of trying to go get fifty or sixty. But especially I, if Derrick Rose is the one guarding you. Yeah, Derrick Rose and Dwayne Wade. Has has very much fallen off defensively. So, Kyrie, for what's the over under on his points? Do you think? What what would you put the over under on? For that game, I would say 30, 30 and a half. Thirty and a half. I I'm th- gonna take the over. I think I go I go under. 
I'm going 26 and 8 for Kyrie. 26 and 8. I don't that that's my my lone prediction for the the first game. Um Marcus Morris injury, kind of a surprise that he Brad Stevens revealed Marcus Morris came into training camp with knee soreness, will be reevaluated in about 10 to 14 days, will miss at least the first week of the regular season. Not great news because their front court isn't deep. Like, does this mean Yabu minutes? Does this mean Tice minutes? Does this mean the Celtics go, like, pretty damn small with their second unit? And it's like Rozier, Smart, Tatum, Hayward, Baines? Or who else would be in that second unit? I don't know. I, I, Tice. You think Tice minutes? I, but well, I just, He's the only one with size, and Yabu's looked like garbage, French garbage. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm interested to see what Stevens does with that second unit now without Morris. A L- lot, of, lot of decisions for Brad heading into opening night with the rotation and everything else. It's going to be interesting, especially in the first two games, just to see how the Celtics deal with size. Um, we've seen Tristan Thompson dominate Al Horford uh, in the past. We've seen Greg Monroe just dominate the Celtics in the past for no reason at all, just dominates the Celtics. They're two kind of like bigger teams, and so and that's going to be the Celtics' Achilles heel this year. So it's going to be uh, two tests early, but I don't know what the what the answer is. If it's just Aaron Baines and kind of hoping that these kind of random youngins like Tice or Shemi or Yabu will fill in for some minutes. That may not be a good thing. I, you may see Brad just go with a really short bench and only use eight or nine players. Um, but I, I don't know. It's going to be something. It's one of the, the early kind of plot points for this season is how does Celtics deal with someone who's just – or teams that are just bigger than them. Yeah, and then, I, I mean, obviously Baines is – a weapon unlike they've had in the past few years um, in, with regards to physical play and rebounding and all that. I, Baines is coming off the bench. Baines will probably play a lot against Tristan Thompson, who's coming off the Cavaliers bench. Do you think Ojale, is, is he the best, like, four compliment with Baines? The, he, he can spread the floor and shoot. I just don't know. And he's like... This just kind of sounds weird because how giant he is and muscular, but like I just don't know if he's physical enough to rebound and kind of defend possible fives like that. I just don't think he like I haven't seen it out of him this preseason. He seems more like a perimeter player, so I don't know but, if he's like. But I, I, I like mean, at the four, I mean, at the four next to Baines in the second unit. Yeah, I think that would make the make sense for him. But what do you if you you're like only if the opposing team is also play, kind of playing a smaller lineup? If they're if there's any team playing like two traditional bigs, I don't know if that's the semi's best spot. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Lot to figure out for Brad Stevens. I'm I can't wait to see this team in in real action, man. Like preseason, they were super promising. Well, here comes here comes LeBron James. Here come the Cleveland Cavaliers. Maybe LeBron James. Probably LeBron James. I am assuming LeBron James. Um, what are some things you want to learn about this team the most? 
Uh, I guess the, the the first was just reaction to adversity, their ability. If they get down 10 early, are they the type of team that will spawn back with it, like a, a run of their own? Did you, it feels like, did you listen to practice interviews today? I didn't, but uh, did I just exactly say coach speak? That was, I, did I nail it? That was the exact same answer Al Horford gave. Well, me and Al Horford uh, were both beautiful men, and we both uh, have great brains. So um, kudos to us. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was that was very impressive. Yeah, and last year I think the Celtics were, I would say, really good at responding to adversity. I think their record in fourth quarters, or their record in close games, their ability to come back in fourth quarters, I, you know, their ability to come back from losses, all of that was was there. To to me, the the biggest on court question that doesn't deal with attitude or anything like that is. How does the youth hold up? And and by that, I mean, like, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, I think, like I said earlier, I don't think there are a lot of teams that will will hurt the Celtics for using those guys in tandem. But can they hold up against a great veteran team, physical team, like Cleveland? Or, or will Cleveland have too much muscle for Jason Tatum? Will they have too much too much basketball intelligence for Jalen Brown like how how does that go the Celtics like starting a 19 year old and 20 year old never works it should never work but the Celtics are doing it and and it's it gives a lineup that's got a lot of potential a lot a ton of athleticism but it's it's not easy to get away with playing those guys with playing such young players. Like, historically, guys that young are not helpful basketball players. But the Celtics will be relying a lot on those guys, a lot on Terry Rozier, a lot on Marcus Smart. Just just a lot of youth. And then second unit might be Ojale, might be Yabu, might be Tice getting minutes, all rookies. Just just a lot of, a lot of young guys. So I want to see how those guys look in actual games. And especially, like, getting tested – like they will be in Cleveland, opening night, TNT game. Everybody in the world is watching because it's the first real basketball game since the finals. Like, this is, that's as big as, not as big as it gets, but that's a big damn game. And it's it's going to test, it's going to test their balls. It's going to test their balls. That's what Jay King wants, cup check. He wants to see what they're packing. Um, <laughs> I think it's, uh, I think that's the kind of the question of the entire season is does... Like the kind of newfound athleticism um, and youth of the Celtics, does that can that replace the the grit and heart of the kind of Celtics of years past? Because they're clearly just a way more athletic and a faster team, and arguably more talented. Uh, but does that replace just kind of fundamentals and tangibles, things you can't measure? Marcus Smart style winning plays, like do they come up with that? I, I mean, considering Marcus Smart's still on the team, I suspect they'll still come up with some Marcus Smart winning plays. Yeah, but he breeds uh, <laughs> winning, I believe. What was the thing Brad Stevens said? Is like he's infectious. His winning is infectious. Is he still infectious to new players? Maybe um, these guys can't can't learn from Marcus as uh, as well as the other guys. But the other question I have, and it's just a smaller uh, side plot, but I, I'm curious to see Gordon Hayward. With the second unit, if he can be a more 
dominant offensive player. Uh, it feels like Brad is the, at least in the preseason, did a good job of staggering Kyrie and Hayward. And I imagine Hayward was going to be a, uh, the small forward on the court when Rozier and Smarter in the game. Can Hayward be like the guy who's in charge of basically scoring for that second unit? And if he can, I think that's going to be great for the uh, Celtics. But so far, we've it hasn't really clicked for him offensively in the preseason. So I'm kind of curious to see just how he handles that that role as the um, kind of leader of the second unit. Yeah, that ro- the rotation. It'll be interesting to see how Brad figures all that stuff out because, like you said, they're going to st- – Probably stagger, I assume, Irving and Hayward. But who plays more minutes with the second unit? Probably Hayward, right? Because he's a small forward. Just natural it. fit next to Rozier and Smart. Um, Although we did see Kyrie, Rozier, and Smart lineups uh, in any time those three guys were all available for a game. We saw um, Brad experiment with those. I didn't. It's don't remember how well they went, but I remember in my notes for all those games noting hey, these three guards are on the court. So I wouldn't be surprised if Brad uh, tried that three-guard lineup as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, lot to learn about. So much to learn about this team, man. So much to learn. So much right. to learn. Sam's got something. I, Sam's got I, some uh, over-unders. Yeah, so I was a little bit bored uh, on Saturday morning. I was thinking of some Celtics over-under, and I wanted to gauge the fan base. Uh, and see where they were, how optimistic they were heading into the uh, season. So uh, five over-unders, um, and I'm going to ask you, Jay, and then I'll reveal what the fan says. So the first one, over-under, Kyrie Irving's points per game this season, 27 and a half. Uh, under. I'm you going to – yeah. You and the people, they uh, they agree. Kyrie's most points he ever a- averaged is 25, and that was last year. Um, the, yeah, 57% said they uh, said under, and uh, 43% said over. So The only thing that makes know, you pause was, is last year he averaged 35 points per 36 minutes when LeBron was off the court. And obviously LeBron's not going to be on the court anymore and he'll have a different role this year. He'll be more of a facilitator. I think they're going to run more offense through Al Horford, Gordon Hayward. So it's, it won't be like when LeBron was sitting in Cleveland. Um, but that's the stat. And then the other stat that gives you pause is Isaiah Thomas's points per game last year, which was 28.9. So there's possible Kyrie goes over, but I'm going under still. My, I thought over, I just think Kyrie unleashed without having LeBron on his team. Like LeBron is such a focus and emphasis of the offense, no matter when he's playing. Uh, And he's good for 20 something points a game. I don't know. It just feels like when Kyrie is like the main focal point of the offense, like Isaiah Thomas was last year, he has the potential to um, just score that much more. And he, he just didn't take a lot of threes last year. I expect him to be shooting a lot more threes. So I imagine the point totals to go up. So for that one, I personally am taking the over. Uh, along those same lines, points per game for the year for Gordon Hayward, 20 and a half. 20 and a half. Over. Over. I'm going over. Last, e- last year, he only averaged 21.9, and that was the first time in his career he averaged over 20 a game. But the Celtics um, are going to play way faster, and like you said, I think there will be times when he's with the second unit, and it will be all on him. They're going to have more space. 
I think he'll be more efficient than he was last season in Utah, and I think he'll average very slightly more points per game. The people agree. 71% say that he's uh, going to go over. Shout out I to the people. To Shout out to the people. Yo, the power to the people. Um, yeah, no, the, the Utah Jazz have, like, the slowest offense in the history of time. I don't know what Quinn Snyder's doing over there, but it's just, like, painfully slow to watch. So you would have to imagine Hayward's just going to get more shots. And you're right. He's just. I think this offense is going to be damn good. I, if, if you were a betting person... I would say take the Celtics and the over every single game just because their defense might be suspect, but I think their offense is going to be amazing. So I think the point totals are going to be high for pretty much every uh, one of the starters. Um, let's see, moving on. Marcus Smart's three-point percentage for the season, 35%. Over or under? Under. Under. I'm going under until he proves it, man. 35 is... That would be a huge improvement. Do you think how far under? Uh, under 30% or do you think he's in that 30 to 35 range? I think he's in the 30 to 35 range. I, I'm all in on Skinny Marcus in a lot of ways, but shooting is, is not one. He's going to have to prove to me he's a shooter. It's going to take a long time for me to trust Marcus Smart shooting. That's generally what uh, uh, I was going to say, but the people – the people are a little more optimistic. The people are always optimistic about our Marcus 50, Smart shooting. 52% said that uh, they think he's going to be over 35. <laughs> and uh, I just disagree with them. Sorry, folks. I mean, um, I mean, it could happen. But 35, that's a big jump. Next one. And this is fitting given what Jason Tatum um, going to uh, – we're learning that he's going to start at least game one. Over under on his minutes per game this year, as I said, 18 minutes. And I use that figure just based on how much Jalen Brown played last year. I believe he averaged 18 as well. So do you think Jason Tatum is going to play more than 18 minutes a game? Over or under, J. King? Over. Over. I, I, and I think he'll play more than Jalen Brown does this year, too. More minutes than Jalen Brown? Yep. I think... I would, Go ahead, go ahead. Here, here's, here's my reasoning for that. Um, I think they have more guards and not as many small ball fours. And I think especially if Marcus Morris misses time, I think they're, go- they're going to need Tatum's rebounding. They're going to need him as a small ball four. I-, I think he'll end up playing – I mean, it- it'll be close. It'll be very close, I think. But I've got Jason Tatum more minutes than Jalen Brown. And do you think they both play less minutes than Marcus Smart? Yes. That- and where does my man Tito Rozier fit into this? So if you if those are their four guys, well, I guess Jalen Brown's starting too. So you think Jalen Brown's going to start, play less minutes than Marcus Smart and Jason Tatum? Correct. That's some wild stuff there. What about um, Terry Rozier? If I asked you the same question about Terry Rozier, 18 minutes a game, what, do, what would you say? Uh... 18 minutes a game. I'd probably go under. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I, I think I'd go under. Like, look, he's playing the same position as, as Kyrie Irving. Like, Marcus Smart will play some point guard, too. Gordon Hayward will handle the ball. I think the Celtics will be more in need for size and more in need for length than they will be 
for a guard like Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier, to me, he's going to have to really earn those minutes. And maybe he will. Maybe he'll be really good. Maybe he'll be like he was during the preseason. Uh, but I just think the, when you look at their roster, they're going to need be more in need of, of guys with more size and more length than they are with, with guards because Kyrie and Smart and Hayward and if, if Brown plays a lot of minutes at the two, like they've got a lot of guards. Yeah, that makes sense. It just feels like they're – Tito's has have, like will have more of a role this year, and he already played. He played 17 minutes a game last year, um, and they the Celtics had a lot of guards on that that roster as well. Um, I don't know. I think I think you're right. It's going to be in in the same range, but uh, the people agree. 60% um, say that he's going to be over. I also included uh, he's going to start, um, and that got nine percent. So total, 69% of the people. Thought he uh, Jason Tatum's going to play over 18 minutes a game, and that's a nice number. <laughs> You're sick. You're sick. You got any more yeah, runners for us? I got one more for you, and this is an interesting one. The Celtics offensive rating ranking. So the, I put three options on there. This is not an over under, but do you think they would be top two, three to five, or in the bottom half of the top ten, six to ten? I'm going six to ten. What what are the five teams better than the Celtics in terms of offensive rating? Let's say Warriors, obviously, but who are the next four? Warriors, Rockets. Um, who else would be out there? Spurs, Cavs, Cavs. I mean, I think even Toronto, maybe they could get I don't buckets. Know, man, Toronto last year, like they were near the top for a long time, weren't they? They were. They had those wild bench lineups with Kyle Lowry, but I don't know what they um, finished the season as. Yeah. So, they're, I mean, I, I, I believe the Celtics will score a lot of points. I think it could – I think their lack of shooting – and by lack of shooting, I mean lack of knockdown shooters outside of their three stars could be damaging. I think um, – Last year they were number four. Number four in offensive rating. The Celtics? No, they were seventh. Yep, yep. I had uh, improperly sorted the NBA.com stats website, and you are correct. God They're damn actually, it, Packer! You're looking at you're looking at the list, and I and I know it, you don't. Come on, Packer. Yeah, hey, you're a professional. I'm just a guy. Um, and they were actually <laughs> ranked eighth. So the Denver Nuggets up there. They they have another team with potential. Uh, I I would have answered like the people. Uh, the majority of people weighed in at uh, three to five. I think this the offense is going to be amazing. It's just you add that much talent around Al Horford, the basketball god, the passing god, the intangible pick-setting amazing man who can do no wrong. I just feel like the offense is going to flow easily. And I hear what you're saying about knockdown shooters, but it feels like the the amount of open shots they're going to get People like Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart. People just need to hang out in the corners and just like when the ball is going to find them and it's going to be open because at least from what we've seen in the preseason, the Celtics have done a great job of just getting paint touches, getting the ball inside, outside. I think the open shots are going to be there. So I just I have a lot of belief in this uh, the Celtics offense, but clearly the Warriors are going to be number one. I don't, but I don't think the Celtics are going to be 
uh, the second best in the league, but I do think they have the, the potential to be top five. I mean, they could be. Yeah. I mean, anytime you're in the top ten, like, you could sneak into the top five. But I, I just – I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think they're an elite, elite three-point shooting team. I don't think they'll get a ton of free throws. Although maybe I could be wrong there. Maybe maybe Hayward makes a huge difference. Um, but you lose Isaiah Thomas, and I don't. Maybe maybe they will get more free throws than I anticipate with Hayward and Irving. But I, I just I just don't see how. I don't think they'll get like as many easy points as a team like the Warriors, a team like. Even the Rockets with Harden, um, I, th- but but they'll be really good. They'll they'll score it. They'll score it quite a bit, my man. Where All do you right, think the, the defense off. is going? That one, I have no idea. Like I just don't know how this team is going to come together on the defensive end of the floor. And it feels like defense is much more of a um, like team gelling together. It's less reliant on individual talent. Um, Last year, they finished 12th in team defense. They lost Avery Bradley. They lost Jay Crowder, who um, he definitely lost a step, but was still a very solid defender. Uh, people talk about Hayward being pretty good at defense. Uh, I've yet to watch enough Hayward games to really notice it. So I don't know. I still think they're going to be they're going to miss the big dog, Amir Johnson, for as much as uh, people shout on Amir Johnson for only playing 15 minutes a game and having broken ankles. I thought he did just a solid job defending fives, uh, especially the start game. So I don't know. I would put them in that kind of that middle third of the of the league because I have, I have no idea how well this defense is going to get They are certainly longer. Long, and they and could they're be. super athletic. And you can see how like they could come together and force a lot of turnovers and impact a lot of shots and really like just swarm teams, especially like second night of a back-to-back this Celtics team because they're so athletic because they're so long because they're so young they might not be the team you want to see um but also like they're still super young they don't have a lot of interior size like Baines will certainly make a difference but other than him like they don't really have much rim protection it's it's gonna it all depends on like how much their length and athleticism can carry them and and maybe that's enough maybe maybe that's that's just what they needed, uh, but they're young, and we'll see. Yeah, the, their defense is a big question mark. All right, Jay King, I got one more over-under for you. I did not ask the people this, but this is uh, the important one. A big prediction before the season starts. Over-under wins for the Boston Celtics. Right now, on the first thing I clicked on Google when I Google searched over-under wins, they have it at 56 and a half. Will the Celtics be over or ha- under? Hammer the under. <laughs> Hammer the under. Put your life savings on the under. Bet your children. Come on, man. Bet your children on I'm, the under. Bet your bet your I'm parents going, on the under. I'm going over. Over 56 and a half wins? They're going to win 58 games. Ooh, you're a you believer. You heard it here first. You're I'm a, a believer. I've drunk the Kool-Aid. I drank the green Kool-Aid, and I'm an in. That's a lot of wins, I just man. think this – I just think the offense is going to be uh, tremendous, and they're playing in the Eastern Conference, which is hot garbage. Like, they get to play at least three times against 
the Bulls, the Hawks, the Nets, the Knicks. The Nets and Knicks, they get to play four times. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets are not very good. I just think there's a, like a lot of uh, teams that they can just beat up on, even when in the time they're taking to like come together as a team and kind of um, figure everything out. I still think they're going to win a lot of games, especially in that Eastern Conference. Um, plus, I'm a natural optimist, so uh, it's it's more fun to root for the over than is the under. So I'm going 58 wins, locking it in, over. <laughs> That is some serious, serious optimism right there. I, I they're just so young and so new. <laughs> like, I, I just don't see how it all comes together that quickly, and they stay healthy enough. Like, what if what if Al Horford goes down? What if what if Gordon Hayward goes down? Like, what I mean, if, these are all what ifs that the optimist doesn't even think about because I'm not even going <laughs> to dare think about. That's uh, just injuries. a lot. That's a lot of wins, man. That's a lot of Well, wins. it's a good thing that uh, we're just talking right here and I'm not actually putting money on it. So it's much easier to be the, that this bold. I just advise people to bet their parents on the under. So hopefully. Yeah, you're in terms of real financial advice, listen to my name, Jay King. If you're just um, <laughs> talking some shit with your friends, I say follow my lead. Don't bang the over. <laughs> there we go. We'll end it there. Uh, everybody, everybody search for us. Locked on Celtics podcast. You can get us wherever you listen to podcasts. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. We just switched our publishing company. So we're now using this thing called Megaphone. I don't really know how it works yet, honestly. But hopefully it'll be cool. Hopefully it'll be cool. If you used to listen to us on Audio Boom, don't do that anymore. Listen to us on Megaphone or iTunes or Spotify. And give us a five-star rating. Subscribe to us. We're here Monday through Friday to give you the goods about the Celtics. We're the best Celtics podcast there is, the only daily Celtics podcast. And that's it for this episode of the Locked On Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Yeah, Jay King and John Corrales.